Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsword, and today I've got Tracy Gunn with me. Now, Tracy uh, has a great story to tell as a business owner who was basically told she couldn't sell her business and classic entrepreneur said, you're not telling me what to do, uh, said, I've got a different story to tell. So Tracy, welcome to the show and, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to like share my cautionary tale about, you know, what not to do and then what you could do to fix it. So that sounds awesome. Even, even better. It's a, a great to have some warnings of what not to do, but if we've got some solutions on how to do better, yeah. then that makes it valuable. So Tracy, you you were telling me when we, we had a bit of a prep call and you were telling me that, um, was it a candy store you, you ran? So I had, um, I started with a candy store and about after nine or 10 years, I started to get bored because it was kind of running itself. And I jumped into a restaurant because, you know, that would be an easy thing to do. Naturally. Sure. Uh-huh. And then I wound up with two restaurants because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment and then a second candy store. So by 2019, I had four that I was running, 42 staff, um, you know, doing, over, you know, obviously over a million in sales and, but yeah, just running. And I was the engine that made everything go, you know, which is fun for a while, but then it gets kind of old. Yeah. So you're like a bicycle wheel. You're, you're the hub right in the middle and everything depends on you and nothing happened without your say so and, and your um, input and guidance. And uh, you are like the, the, the sun in the solar system. You're that ball of energy, which uh, <laughs> listeners will soon find out really quickly. You are that ball of energy. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, and just you, you know, that energy inspired and, and radiated out and, and made everything happen. So yeah. you were the real focal point of the business. Is, is that a fair summary? Yeah, I mean, it is a fair summary. And again, not, I don't want to, like, I wouldn't have been able to start a restaurant if I didn't have systems in place for my candy store, right? And so, you know, I was doing a half a million a year in my candy store. So we were actually doing business. There were systems in place. I knew that I didn't need to be there most of the time, but I still did do touch points, right? Like most people managing. And so then when I added the full on, you know, you go a deep in the zero to one part, right? And then the one to 10 part, you let other people do. But I still was, like you said, the engine that made sure everything got done, the touch points with 42 staff, you know, trying to rein them in, especially in the, re the restaurant industry, trying to make sure they show up. Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Are they chewing their checklists? Are, are things getting done? Because ultimately, like, you know, you're responsible regardless. No matter whether you said it a hundred times and they said they did it, if they didn't, it's on you. So yeah, I was that. And, you know, I just didn't want to miss, like, paint it that I was in everything, doing everything. But, you know, sure enough, if they didn't show up for breakfast cooking, guess who was cooking? Right. For sure. So you had four businesses on the go. Mm -hmm. Was there any commonality or any theme or connection linking point between the four businesses? So, you know, I started the first restaurant because I wanted the kitchen. And um, at our candy store, we do candy, chocolate fudge, um, cupcakes, and ice cream. And I wanted to take the baking off site. I have a kitchen in the candy store, uh, but I wanted a bigger kitchen. I wanted to maybe try donuts. I wanted to, you know, the typical shiny object. I wanted to do other things. And so I thought, okay, this, I could use this um, for the other. 
and bake here, bring here. Um, and that's kind of where I started. And then I was like, I just want to do something small, just like basic, you know, deli lunch, but it kind of quickly grew into something else. The commonalities between the restaurants is basically when I did the second one, I just took the same menu and brought it over because I knew how to do that. I knew the costs. I knew about the waste. And I also brought a lot of my staff with me. So some would work day okay. in one, night in the other. So there was commonality. And obviously I was the link between them all. Same for the other candy store. It was the same concept, just new location. So there was commonality okay. between so you're already making desserts, so uh, I guess you just uh, completed yeah. the menu. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Beautiful. And and in terms of locations, were they they far apart from each other? No, they're all uh, the the second candy store was 20 minutes away in a different state, actually in Vermont. Um, so different laws, different things, but same things. 20 minutes away, it's easy enough to get to. Um, but it wound up becoming kind of the orphan child that I rarely went to. Um, the two restaurants were both uh, two different towns, but both in the same town. So I could, you know, basically hit the one candy store in the morning by before lunchtime, hit the second restaurant, the first restaurant by afternoon, hit the dinner restaurant and then home at midnight, you know. So really burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> So how long were you doing that for, burning so so those big long days? Uh about two years when I had them all. Yeah. And that's where. And then my daughter had um, a grandchild, my first grandchild. And all of a sudden, just like that, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. And so that's kind of the catalyst. But I was probably thinking it. I already had been going on vacation. People are like, you're always on vacation. Well, yeah. If you work every day until midnight. Sure. You go away for a week every quarter. So that's kind of what I was doing. It was already planned into my life until COVID, obviously. But, um, you know, I finally had this catalyst. I was like, you know what? I just want to go and snuggle that baby for a month. That's really what I wanted to do and felt like I, by now I should have earned the right to be able to do that without everything falling apart. And I realized, wow, I have made a mistake here. So for you, it really was just like a switch by the sounds of things. It, it oh, yeah. just switched. Yeah, I've, I'm done. I'm ready to go. I need mm -hmm. to get out now. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I think, you know, we have this slow burn. And then when you're just, when the final straw hits, you're like, that's it. We're all set. Right. And it's like, we can tolerate a lot, especially as entrepreneurs. We just have built this huge tolerance of what we can handle and juggle. And we always feel like, oh, I'll fit it in. I fit it in. I'm already doing this. I'm already doing that. But then that one thing comes that just kind of like negates everything else. You're like, we're done. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that was totally true for me. Okay. So the switch hit, you, you figured out it was time to get out. What did you do then? Mm -hmm. So I did what most people would do. I would say 99% of owners would call a broker, right? Because they're going to fix everything, right? You're yep. going to sell your house, you call a broker. Uh, you want to sell your business, you call a broker. They know everything. And so, yeah, I, ho I called my local guy. He was a customer, came in. And, you know, the fear of all that, not knowing what my business was worth, what he was going to think, showing him all the inside you know, it's like having people over to your house. You're like, uh, don't look in that corner, you know, that kind of thing. So, and, uh, yeah. And he kind of did the assessment. I stressed for a few days and then he sat me down and he was like, you know what, Tracy, there's really nothing to sell here. And I was stunned. I, I mean, four businesses, like kidding me? Like we nothing? had sales, we had staff, nothing. 
Now, again, we take into the account that a broker often wants something that's easy, right? But in the moment, I was like, whoa. And did so he cried. tell you why there was nothing no. that was worth, that was sellable? Let's call it sellable. Yeah. he. But you know what he did? He basically said, you know, there's not a ton of profit. Well, and that's typical in a small business is because most of the time we don't want to show a huge profit, right? Yeah. We want to not pay 40, 50% to the government. So that's not uncommon. So he didn't do any allowances, like, you know, putting it back in or vice versa. But he also recognized that I was the common denominator, right? And so he wasn't wrong, but he wasn't 100% right either. Um, so reading between the lines, the financials, what did the financials look like? Was there, there much cash going in and out of the business or was it just- No. Yeah. Uh, we were expenses. running, there was, I mean, it was, you know what it was? It was, you know, there wasn't a ton of profit. The second restaurant, which was our biggest one, it was 6,500 square feet, which is humongous. We were attached to a hotel. Um, we had live entertainment. And so the startup of that, even though I took it over, it was kind of sitting vacant. Um, you know, the first year, the startups are not, you have costs, Right. But in the second year, again, we hadn't finished. This was uh, like the summer of the second year, right? So we hadn't done the taxes for that one. And so we were starting to show that, okay, there's legs here, right? We're breaking even. You know, I didn't borrow any money. There was nothing like that. But we were certainly living like week to week, like most people, right? You pay the bills this week because you got paid this week. You know, a big event gets you a little ahead. A, bit, a poorly attended event gets you a little behind. So that's pretty normal oh, in the first year or two. Sure. So one business was, you know, the profits of one business was being used to prop up and reinvest and build the, the next business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way I always did it. I just took and reinvested. Um, and the candy store, again, we're in a town that's kind of on the decline, not incline. So it didn't show a ton of potential of growth there, but it was maintaining its own. But again, not, you're not, living the rich life. We're not making millions at the candy store. Okay. So when you put that together, he was like, yeah, this is not going to be an easy sell. I'm out. That kind of was his attitude. Okay. So he, he, he did he give you any guidance on what you could do to make no. it sellable? Just said, no. nah, this is a lost cause. I'm out of here. No. And that's exactly what I, I mean. After I cried a little bit, I put on my big girl pants and thought, all right, wait a minute. Okay. Let's pull it together. Is he right? Maybe. If he is right, what can I fix, right? And that's kind of like, all right, you knock me down. I might cry a minute, but I'm going to get right back up and fix whatever I need to do. And that's kind of what, so that started this whole discovery of what does it mean to exit? What are they looking for? What makes the value? Why does he not see what I see? All of that exploration started because of that. So I'm really grateful to him because I would never have known otherwise. Okay. And I so realized a lot of people don't know. Yeah, well, exactly. So, so where did you go looking for information to go? How do I change this situation? Right. Well, I mean, for myself, I just did a bunch of research online. I like found a lot of those online calculators to be like, wait a minute, why? I don't understand. And you know, numbers can make you can make numbers say whatever you want them to say, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the reality. And so, you know, I realized by so playing with the numbers, like, all right, I could see a little bit of what he was saying, but let's just say, so I kind of gave myself a pat on the back and I thought, all right, let's just say valuation zero, but I have a, I have something, I have customers, I have sales, I have 
connections. I have something that's moving forward, right? The train is going. So what can I do? So I just started thinking logically, like, okay. And not only logically, what could I fix or improve, but also what do I hate? What do I hate doing? Like, let, okay. let's get me out of those things. Like if I could get some quick wins to maybe not want to be here at like to change that just a little bit, it would make the rest easier. So like I hired someone for inventory, the liquor inventory, we found theft, all of a sudden we were more profitable, right? That like little things that were inefficiencies. But you know, when you're, when you're focusing on just going forward and growing, you're not really paying attention to the foundational things necessarily. You're, you're thinking about like, okay, how do I get more people in the seats? How do I, you know, whatever, how do I get more staff? How do I have consistent staff? How do I, but you're not always thinking about the foundational, like what makes this solid and easily run without me. And so all of a sudden, when he said that, I started thinking about my business, not, not as more, what, how can I get more, but how can I stabilize? Right. And it just was that shift for me again, that one shift that made me look at it differently, like look with the eyes of a buyer. Why, what would they not like here? Fix those things, right. That kind of mindset. And it, it's funny how that happens, right. That just like the baby was born, all of a sudden I wanted something different. Somebody says something to you and it makes you stop and think, wait a minute. Huh? Okay. I've been kind of like running, but I haven't thought about the foundation. So let's get back to the foundation quick. Right. And I gave myself six months to do it. I just, it was nice because I thought, all right, I can do anything for six more months. Like that's doable. Right. And I just concentrated on my biggest headache, which was my giant restaurant. And that's kind of where we started. Okay. So, so what I heard there, Tracy, was that he said something along the lines that the, you know, the business depended on you too much. Um, mm -hmm. so you heard, how do I extract myself out of the business? How do I keep the yeah. business running without me? Right. Um, and then you also started to explore what are the components of how a business is valued? So, you know, we all know there's, there's, there's a profit number and there's also a multiple mm -hmm. and the multiple just represents risk. What's yeah. the risk to the buyer of yeah. that profit continuing essentially? Yeah. And, yeah. and what's the ongoing likelihood and and is it a business i'm buying or or is it a job i'm buying right. uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully a, a well-paying job that i'm buying rather than a right. poorly paid exactly. job that i'm buying mm -hmm. but i mean in the restaurant industry often that is it's a low profit industry it just is um there's so many working components and you know i couldn't have picked a harder one to play with, to play in. Right. And so, yep. um, yeah, and you're exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, I started to think about why is this not valuable to this person? It's valuable to me, valuable to my customers, valuable to my staff. What do I need to fix? And it's exactly, and now I have a problem to solve. I know what it is. Let's fix it. And that's kind of how I started. Yeah. And so you started employing people with, with expertise, um, to, yeah. to take on responsibilities because employees always do a better job than you do as an owner. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, sure. on and, yeah. and they do what they're asked to do often. If you say do it this way, they'll do it that way. They don't change mm -hmm. their mind every time like uh, the entrepreneur is prone to doing. Right. Well, and they, they, they have one lane, whereas I had 50. Yeah. Right. And so I'm never going to be as good. But you know what? It's funny. I found that I had hidden things in my business I didn't recognize. For example, I didn't have an Indian. Uh, alcohol inventory 
control system. Um, and I didn't realize how badly I needed it because I had never run a big bar before, but yet someone on my staff knew how to do that. So all I did was just give her five extra hours a week. And all of a sudden we had a system and it was like, ah, like, and magically found theft was more profitable, like dealt with a problem that I didn't even know I had because I didn't have the system I needed. So yeah, exactly. Like it's amazing what, if you are able to delegate it and explain it and train that they're willing to take it on, take it off your plate and do a better job. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So you gave yourself six months. Um, so yeah. in your mind, by the end of the six months, what did you have to achieve? So for me, I was just like, I can do this for six months. So it gave me hope because I knew I had an end yep. date. I had a target. Uh, second, I was like, well, let's see if I can turn this around. I didn't, I said, it'd be nice to sell. But if, let's just say at the end of six months, he was right. And I didn't have, and I had nothing sellable. I would do what he said, which was to liquidate. I had an out either way. Yeah. If I was successful, cool. If I wasn't successful, I had another plan. And then I would deal with the other businesses. Um, but that turned out to be really, you know, within three months, and I don't want to jump to the chase, but like within three months, people noticed because I was talking about it. I was talking about changes. Customers were noticing. And actually someone at my bar asked to buy it within three months. I wasn't even listed. I wasn't, I was just in the process of making it better and more sustainable. And and Tracy, what I'm looking for here is trying to get my head around is you, mm. you gave yourself a six month window yeah. and you thought, hey, look, I need to turn this around in six months. But you know, it, was, mm -hmm. it sounded like before that six months, it was you were working big hours yourself and, and it was yeah. turning a small profit and it wasn't going backwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so the turnaround was turnaround from being dependent on you. Right. Um, yes. Which you hadn't done before. So mm -hmm. making a business or running and owning a business that wasn't dependent on you was was something new for you. I mean, I had done it in the candy store, but with the restaurant, you add three other layers, right? Yeah, front right, of house, okay. back of house. You have so many different components. And the, you know, I don't know, everywhere's different, but it's always been difficult in our area to have staff. There's uh, restaurant staff, cook staff, you know, there was a time I, I was working for a big chain and the owner or the manager said, you know, your biggest problem is always going to be your staff. You're always going to have trouble finding people in the kitchen to show up and be consistent. You're always going to have servers who don't show up or bail last minute, like those kind of things. But if I could fix some of the other things, those things wouldn't be as bad when they happened. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you had some um vision of what you needed to change and a lot of it was around mm -hmm. structure and and getting people to to run their own roles and uh, uh and getting mm -hmm. just more people to do things that you weren't doing and mm -hmm. that attracted someone so someone could see that the business was running better you know they, yeah. they possibly saw you looking less stressed um and anxious all the time and you know mm -hmm. she, she's obviously got a you know doing doing okay at this business thing uh mm -hmm. i wonder if she wants to sell it and yeah. uh, is that is that and so how did you respond what what happened what was the process well, from there it's funny because you know i'd be at the bar we had a big bar that sat 40. and so you know towards the end of the a couple months in 
I wasn't as stressed. You're exactly right. I wasn't like running from here and there. I had, you know, shored up a lot of the holes. And so I was just chatting with people at the bar while the bartenders were doing their things. And, you know, I was telling him about my plans and about my grandkids and blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, you know, you, so you really want to sell? And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm working towards. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm ready to go. I want to be near the grandkids, whatever. And so he's like, would you sell it to me? And I was like, I mean, he was not somebody who had owned a business. He worked, oh, he had, a, he had a, a 401k and he always dreamed of owning a bar and restaurant. And he was a regular, he was in there a couple nights a week and he sat at that bar and just chatting with me. And he was like, you know, I think I would love to do this. And I was like, really? Well, let's have a chat. So all of a sudden it gave, and that gave me a little bit, you know, it's nice how the little inspiration to keep going, right? To, yeah. to make it that much more, to like pull it all together, tighten up the numbers, all the things. Because when we finally sat down, I had to show them all the things, right? To show them the numbers, show them where we are, what we've done, what I've changed, you know, that kind of thing. And again, humbling, but from a place of confidence, because now I knew what I was talking about. So did you bring an advisor in at this stage to, to help uh, pull I everything didn't. together? So you just no, I was down. kind of burnt out on the broker. Yeah, I was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, how did you value the business with this this client? I just sat down and I walked through the numbers with him, showed him where the costs were were going to be continual, where the costs were done and paid for, and just laid it out. And I just said, like, listen, this is what we are making a month. This is what you know, I was going for a one multiple because, you know, a couple months ago, they told me it wasn't worth selling. So I was going to be happy with any kind of exit. Right. right. Sometimes just listen, I wouldn't have to take it apart. That alone would, I mean, I might've paid him to take it at that point, you know, just because the taking it apart is a pain too. There's a lot to do, right? It's a yep. whole nother job. So I was happy with, and so we kind of like, I set a number, that was on the higher side. He set a number that was kind of low based on his 401k. And we kind of met in the middle. And so for me, it was just kind of fun to be able to look somebody in the face, somebody that I knew already anyway, but to really just discuss the reality without any hidden agenda, nothing hidden. Like this is what it is, right? Because yeah. I certainly didn't want to sell with the anything hidden in the corners, right? So Tracy, was this just the restaurant or were you selling all four businesses in it to one one person? No, this was my big headache. So this was my 6,500 square foot restaurant, this monstrosity yeah, that took most of my time. It was my biggest headache. Uh, the other ones were manageable, right? Um, this one was my till one or two in the morning on the weekend kind of a gig. And I was kind of done with it. Okay. So we've... we've We've uh, parted with the problem child. You're able to look the person in the eyes. Um, yeah. At some point, did you get a lawyer in to help uh, go through the finer details? No, we actually um, we actually got all the way. Um, we we kind of figured everything out. He figured out we had a closing date. He figured out all of the um, licensing things because our town is pretty small. They know us and our state, you kind of have to start from scratch with your alcohol license. So we got all those things lined up. I helped him. We communicated really well together. And, um, you know, the biggest hitch honestly was our landlord who kind of just jerked us around for months, like just not wanting to sign the new lease. And so 
you know, for us, that's kind of how it went. We just like, okay, we got all this. We kind of came up with an agreement. I, I should have hired a lawyer, probably would have been smarter, but you know, I was just happy to be moving the process along. And I was happy to get an exit and be able to walk away feeling good about it, that that was okay with me. And I felt like he was trustworthy. He was a smart man. He had a corporate job. He had the money. So it wasn't like a big, huge risk for him. I mean, it was, but it wasn't, right? Because I knew that things were working. Um, so yeah, nope, didn't hire a lawyer. Probably should have. I mean, it, looking back, it probably wasn't wise, but in the midst of it, it just felt right. You know, sometimes you go with your gut. Okay. So how long ago was that now? That was 2020. 2020. So what's happened in, in that time? Is the, is the restaurant still running? How's it, how's it going under new ownership? It's actually going really well. <clears throat> and actually, so we have a caveat in there in that we got all the way to the finish line and my um, landlord wouldn't sign, like I mentioned. So then a month goes late. This was, we were supposed to close February 22nd, uh, February 2nd of 2020. And then we go to the next, uh, he, the landlord pushes them off. So I said, don't worry, we're just going to be fine. Everything's fine. And then the next uh, two weeks later, he comes in, he's like, they won't return my call. So I said, okay, we'll just, it's okay. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. The last meeting he had was March 16th. No, I'm sorry. March 14th of 2020. Can you see where this is going? Oh, yeah. Um, and the landlord ignored him again. He offered him four months rent up front just to sign so we could be done. Everything else was signed. Everything else was done. And then two days later, they shut down the whole state. So the cautionary tale there is landlords can get in the way. So we got all the way to the finish line and it didn't happen. But I will say this. Um, it was good for him because it was, uh, he would have been in a lot of trouble. We were closed for four months after that. Um, yeah. So that one never sold, honestly. So we got to the, well, we sold in the sense that we sold, we signed paperwork, but it never got the handoff, which was a shame for him, but also a saving grace for him. So yeah, that's kind of what happened with that one. So we were shut down for four months. I mean, timing was not great for COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's I a mean, lot of horror stories out of COVID and, and then well, some winners as well. <clears throat> yeah. No, I mean, and you know what? That one did really well. And in the end, we wound up just handing it over to another guy who just took it over. Um, and he's doing great. It's still there. He was looking to expand his restaurant. It was a better fit. But also during COVID, I knew it was going to be a problem for whoever got it after that. So I kind of dashed all hopes of selling and just looked to be done after that. So that fall, that summer, um, even though we weren't allowed to fully operate as usual, we weren't allowed to do live events and all those things, we knew it was kind of this losing cause for a while. And so this guy, Jimmy, he's in our town. He's still running it. He put it under his name and he basically, he revamped a little bit. He didn't do as much of the live entertainment because the first two years he couldn't, but it's going great. And you know what? If I had held on, I would have been killing it right now because restaurants are doing really well right now. Well, you win some, you lose some. It's all so good. Tracy, what's, that, what's, all the good. State, yeah. what's the state of the other three businesses? Where are you at with those? So the other one I had, um, uh, the, the second one, the restaurant, um, the uh was going great because again i could just focus on the one i actually reopened both of them which was hard to do at the same time uh the second one we wound up doing ghost kitchens we we're doing amazing and 
yet again. Uh, my lease was up in March of 2021, five years, and they wanted to redo the lease, but they wanted to control all my hours. They wanted to tell me when I could be open and not. It was a municipality owned. It was an airport restaurant. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. And so unfortunately, came down to a lease again. And so I liquidated that one because they there's no other airport to move my flight deck restaurant to. So we liquidated that one. And um, because of the lease negotiations, and they actually gave it to somebody else, which again, landlords, I'm not a fan. Um, so that was restaurant two. But again, I got out of it. The great news was, is I made a lot of money that last year. So that was excellent. Um, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't inclined to give up my rights as an owner. I wasn't inclined to, especially the tail end of COVID, to to have a municipality tell me I had to be open, you know, two shifts a day, seven days a week in a COVID environment. There was just no way I was going to agree to that. So, you know, what did I think was right? No, but um, I just made the most of it and did what I did. And I didn't want to be there anyway, honestly. I was making money and I was making it work but I didn't want to be there. So that one shut down. I had a partner who actually started earning in at the candy store in 2020. Actually, she started in February of 2020 uh, and she was earning in and taking over the candy store because she wanted to own her own. Um, We shut down after mid COVID, we shut down the second one because Vermont had a lot of restrictions in COVID couldn't, you know, couldn't survive there. So we just condensed back down to one. Um, And she was here for two and a half years and two and a half years in, she was like, you know what? I don't know that I want to own a business. <laughs> so I've had a few different exits and then comebacks. Um, but so, yeah. So after a year, two and a half years, I was like, okay. I mean, what are you going to do? Right? I mean, she didn't want to have it. Uh, and, you know, ownership's not always what you think it's going to be. So yeah. that one, uh, I came back in and I realized you know, in letting her run everything, I still own part and she owned part, um, that she'd undone a lot of the systems because she was here all the time. So I had to come back in the last year and, uh, reinstitute a lot of systems. So that's kind of where I am with all of those. So you still own the, the initial candy store? I do. Um, working what sort of time in that one now? None. 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 Okay. I just have staff that do it instead, like I did originally. Um, yep. And and my big goal is to just get to North Carolina near the grandbabies. And that's actually, we just signed a lease to open another candy store down there just because it's easy for me to do. I'll just get it going and do the thing. And then I can be there all the time. So that's okay. great. Yeah. So that's where we are. Right. So I'm down to, you know, and then I started the side things that I've been doing that are much more interesting and fun and more mobile, which that's the lesson out of all of that is, did I want to be tied to a place? Right. And, and have a business in a place. And for me, the answer was no. So you've gained a lot of experience around how to prepare a business, how to, how to run and have, well, I guess how to have a job. Um, you learn yeah. how to have a job and, and mm-hmm. you went through the process of, of extracting yourself out of a job and, and learning how to run a business without being in the business yeah. um, so that you could sell it. Had a couple of false starts. Um, yeah. COVID interfered with a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. Change of life, priorities. Oh, um, yeah. 
So and it all and, happened. <laughs> and you just alluded to something there that you're, you're dabbling or, or playing and, and energized with a, a new uh, um, activity or enterprise. What is it you're working mm-hmm. on now, mostly, Tracy? So a couple years in, after I kind of exited in these all these different ways, I started to think about like why didn't anybody warn me about this? Like why didn't I know about any of this stuff? Right. And so much of entrepreneurship is figure it as you go. Right. Like building the plane as you're flying. And I thought, gosh, this is the one thing that probably is the most important thing. And yet I had no I I mean, I find myself to be a pretty intelligent person, uh, a glutton for punishment. Sure. But like, you know, pretty smart. Why didn't I ever think about what my business was worth? Why didn't I ever think about how to make it worth more? right? Why didn't I think, I just thought about my pain points or what my goal was, right? Which was to grow or whatever. And so I started thinking about, gosh, people need to be talking about this. And it just surprised me. Again, the broker, he had this opportunity, like, oh, if you fix these things, maybe come back to me. Well, he didn't even open that door for me. I thought, gosh, brokers are leaving so much money on the table by not having either somebody to refer them to, to help them get ready, or just telling them where to start, right? That there is hope. Don't just give up. And so we started this um, consulting business, just helping people to prepare in the same way, teaching them the things that I did, how I did it, why I did it, that imperfect as I am, I was able to do it even while running four businesses. And if I could do it, they certainly can do it and get an exit instead of just liquidating, you know? So now you're sharing all of your experience. What's the, um, I guess, double-edged question here um what would you do differently if you if you were to do it all again and i guess assuming that's exactly what you're teaching the clients you're working with what Mm. what to do differently uh learn from my mistakes so to speak right well the i mean there's a lot of cautionary tales in there but the i mean i never regret the the lessons i've learned so much my capacity to do is incredible and it's only after 17 years has just grown excuse me um but what i i mean the cautionary tale is to think about what do you want in the end game right now i didn't know that i was going to have grandchildren but i certainly knew that i didn't want to be in my town after my last one graduated like i just kind of was tired of new hampshire i wanted to go somewhere i wanted to travel i wanted to explore i wanted to do stuff and i knew but yet i built four businesses that were stationary right so, but I didn't think about it. I never took the time to really lay out what do I want, really? Like, what's my big goal here? And I think that for me is what we usually wind up focusing on the most is that, you know, so many of us are in it. We start it, then we're in survival mode. Then we kind of like figure out a happy medium and we exist in it, right? Maybe we grow, maybe we don't. But that very rarely do we stop and think, what do I really want? Is this going to get me? And what is the, what does the end day look like? And so we start now, if I had done it differently, the candy store, I definitely built that way of being not the person behind the counter, not the person here. I definitely did that. The restaurants, that was a different animal. And I didn't do that, but just thinking about the, with the end in mind, starting with the end in mind, like is the goal and it can change, but like, is the goal to eventually sell? Is the goal to be mobile? Is the goal to be able to explore the world and be able to work from anywhere? Well, if that's the goal, these models that I have will not work, right? That choice or that just acknowledging that goal 
would have filtered a lot of my decisions and still does. When people approach me, they're like, hey, we have two restaurants. You want to take them over? I'm like, for a minute, I have shiny object. And then I come back to what do I want? No, no, I do not. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's still tempting, but it still keeps me in line. It keeps me in my lane. So the big lesson is begin with the end in mind, know what you're working yeah. towards, just mm -hmm. so you're not on that hamster wheel doing the same thing yes. again and again and again. Make sure that when you're building and owning your business, you're working towards something. You know what that end plan is and it's okay for plans to change is, yeah. is what I'm it hearing. It is. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's, let's wrap things up, Tracy. So mm. normally I ask, um, what's the key message you want business owners and listeners to this podcast to take away with them? But um, what is it you want business owners to know that they need to do? If they're thinking about exit, they're thinking about, hey, I want to get out of my my business in the next one, two, three years. Yeah. Um, hopefully they're not giving themselves a six-month timeline like you did yeah. and they're, yeah. they're, they're taking a little <laughs> bit of pressure off and giving right. them a bit more time. Sure. What should they be thinking about? Well, I mean, I think, I think there's a couple – I think people just don't realize, like like myself, that there's a whole process here, right? That it's not going to be easy. We think, oh, it's going to be easy to sell, right? Oh, everyone will want my business. Well, no, you don't even want your business most days, right? So, like, so I think again, end in mind that you need to prepare, and that it's that it is hard to sell. That that because for a lot. Of, I mean, there's not enough buyers. There's going to be a, so many, you know, the silver tsunami that's coming, like all these things you have to prepare. And it, now is the time, right? That's saying like, when's the best time to plant a tree 50 years ago? When's the next best time right now? Like, it doesn't matter if you yeah. want to exit in 10 years or 20 years, you really should be thinking about these things so that you have something to aim for. And that keeps you online for what you want. Um, so that's the main thing. I mean, and that was the cautionary. I was like, why didn't anybody tell me? Well, could anyone have told me? Maybe not. But I'm just going to be a voice for that. Like, you need to prepare and you need to know what you want you need and to work prepare. towards it. So that sounds like. Totally. Yeah. Tracy, that's a great way to finish off. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing your exit insights with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I hope everyone goes out there and prepares even just a little bit. Just pick where you're going. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Exit Insights podcast. And if you have, now's a good time to subscribe and make sure you get notified of all future episodes. Now, if the topics have raised questions about the value potential in your business or how you will exit like a boss, then contact me and arrange a free strategy call where we can discuss what's required for you. Otherwise, if you'd simply like to learn more about how to prepare for when you want to exit, then you can download a copy of our ebook called It All Begins With Insights. The link is in the show notes. In this book, we'll show you how a business insights report can be used to assess your business to uncover your intangible assets and identify the value potential if you're ready for exit and your business is exit ready.